Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 96. I am your host, Jonathan Puddle, and for today's episode, I am giving you three days of the audiobook recording of my devotional, You Are Enough, Learning to Love Yourself the Way God Loves You. So I have finished producing the audiobook. It is on its way to Audible and iTunes and everywhere else. You can buy it already from my website, jonathanpuddle.com. But uh, for the rest of those platforms at this time, uh, it's still on the way. I've sent it in. It just, they take some time to process it. By the time you listen to this, of course, it might be available. I will include links in the show notes. So what I've done is I've included the audio for day one, your God, day two, your body, and day three, your temple. Now, they basically just run together. Uh, if you, you know, you might want to pause and take time between each one, or you could have a listen to them all three together, join in on the meditation, and see how you like it. Hopefully, this gives you another way to engage with this content, and maybe if you haven't bought a copy of the book yet, it will intrigue you. So, thank you for everyone who's been supporting the show. Thank you for everyone who's bought the book. It's such a blessing to me to have this out there. A huge shout out as well to all of my American friends celebrating Thanksgiving this weekend. Much love and grace and peace to you all. And here is yours truly, narrating You Are Enough, learning to love yourself the way God loves you. Day 1. Your God. In the beginning, God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. For this, our first reading, we will consider the fundamental goodness of God. We'll spend the next few days considering more good news about God and about ourselves. We'll use our thoughts about the goodness and generosity of God as a grounding point to which we will add breathing exercises in order to relax our minds and bodies. Let's begin. Imagine, if you can, a time when there was absolutely nothing. A time before time itself. The empty nothingness before creation was brought into being. There exists only one thing. The divine mystery of potential life. Can you sense the vibration, the hum the radiation of this mystery? The presence of something or someone intrinsically good and generous that predates and supersedes our understanding of life itself. The cosmic progenitor of life and love. Some people refer to it simply as the universe and imply a basic goodness to the arc of existence with language like, I am waiting for the universe to show me the way. I think these people are closer to the truth than many of us realize, but I find this language to be a bit impersonal at the very least. The ancient Hebrew scriptures describe in poetic verse how God created the heavens and the earth. They describe this God creating light before any sources of light existed. Modern science confirms this. 
cosmic microwave background radiation has been identified as a light that was cast in all directions at the moment of the universe's creation and continues expanding to the outer boundaries of existence today. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John chapter 1 verse 5 God is this light and life itself, and God is present within all that God made. Holding all things together is the kind, generous energy that willed all things into being in the first place. Underneath, within, and surrounding the substance of the universe you and I are so familiar with is an energy with a consciousness that is good and is personally knowable. This God is a being who loves you, while it is also being itself. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 to 17. The Hebrew Bible records the name of this God, who is being itself, as I am. What a perfect name for a relatable, personified cosmic mystery. As the scriptural narrative continues, metaphors and language are expanded until this conscious loving energy is spoken of as being three persons. The Father, the Spirit, and the Son. They say these three persons make up a single God, a triune being, who is neither male nor female, but who encapsulates all potentials and possibilities within itself. A God who blesses reality to burst forth from the void, creating life and light and planets and stars to house our existence. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Imagine a time when there was absolutely nothing. Against the nothingness, imagine the Trinity of God, where love flows between Father, Spirit, and Son, each of whom endlessly empties themselves into the others. Imagine the undulating channels of joyous energy that flow within this community. Now picture creation itself bursting forth from this family of selfless love. Space and time originating in the heart of the Father, flowing outward by the Spirit, manifesting through the Son of God. Envision their divine life birthing our universe simply to embody more joy and more love. The Hebrew scriptures go on to say that that same God made you and me in its own image so that we would be like God and reflect God's nature. God gave you a body and declared it good. God surveyed the entirety of creation and declared it very good. God made your body and this world holy and good. God's presence sustains it and holds it all together moment by moment. This universe and everything in it is a beautiful, sacred temple that reflects and welcomes the glory of its creator. If I was God 
And if I was thinking about you, I would think that you were just like me. I would think you were pretty freaking amazing. I would love you. And I would hope that you knew and believed just how incredible and worthy of my love you are. And if I was talking to you right now, I would tell you that you are allowed to love yourself the same way God loves you. You are allowed to pour out love upon yourself in endless extravagance because you carry the very image of God inside you. And that's exactly what God does. I would tell you that you are allowed to receive and enjoy that love, basking in it, reveling in it, savoring it every day forever. And not only are you allowed to, but since you were created on the template of a being who is conscious, loving energy itself, it is actually your nature to love yourself too. It is how your humanity is meant to work. You are meant to love yourself, and you are meant to love others, and you are meant to embody love itself. But we shall start with loving you. Without any of your accomplishments or your identities or achievements or your failures, you are enough to be loved by yourself and by God. You are enough. How could you be anything else? Park all of your thoughts about righteousness and sin and all the times you've hurt your spouse or yelled at your kids. Park all the things that make you feel like you've never been enough for anyone. Park your knowledge that we do genuinely need one another. We'll address all that later. For now, let us return to the quiet emptiness before time and space began, where God is alone, and God is love, and God is enough. It's here in the quiet, sacred emptiness that a dream takes form in the mind of God. A dream called you. Meditation Let's start this exercise by sitting comfortably in a chair or on the ground in a neutral position. Close your eyes and take a deep breath in through your nose, hold it for a moment, and then breathe out slowly through your nose or mouth, whichever is more comfortable. Take another deep, steady breath in through your nose. Hold and release it. Continue breathing this way for 30 seconds as you feel your mind and body relax. As you breathe, consider that you are the dream of God. God imagined you and wanted you to exist. Having no form, not having become anyone or achieved anything, you were seen, known, and loved by God. In every way, you are enough for God. As you breathe, consider that God created all of existence in order to house you, 
so that you could experience life and so that God could treasure you doing so. God gave you life so that you could enjoy it and enjoy God who gave it to you. You don't have to do anything to please God. God is present in everything and holds all of creation together. With each breath you take, draw the presence of God into your lungs and belly. Imagine the divine, life-giving energy of love who gently but firmly holds all things together, entering your lungs, mixing with your blood, and flowing out to every part of you. Imagine your body filling up with God as you breathe in. See God's golden light trickle through your arms, your hands, your fingers, your chest, your belly, your groin, your legs, your feet, your toes. Feel God's goodness, God's joyous energy, all throughout your being. Feel the peace that God's presence brings you. You are allowed to spend as much time here as you like. We'll continue tomorrow. Day 2. Your body. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. John chapter 1 verse 14a. Once upon a time, God became a human being. The creator of the universe was implanted into the uterus of a young girl, and for nine months, God was nourished by the blood and oxygen of God's own creation. The placenta of a human woman ensured God's survival. When the time was right, the woman's muscles contracted, and after a few painful hours, God was pushed out of her vagina, covered in mucus and amniotic fluid. His tiny lungs breathed air for the first time. His tiny nostrils smelled the scent of dung and animal feed, and he nosed his way to his mother's breast, where he drank milk and felt safe. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Luke chapter 2, verse 21. Before all that happened, a young girl got her first period. Her hips started to widen. She was becoming a woman. Every month, she would have to sit on a bundle of rags, and when her bleeding stopped, visit a priest to make a sacrifice and be deemed ceremonially clean. One day, an angel appeared to her and told her she would have a baby and that her baby would be the Son of God. That baby would grow up into a young man who tasted food and drank wine, who inhaled the dusty smell of first-century village life. A dark, lean, hairy man with kind, safe eyes and strong, gentle hands who was God in the flesh. A man who discovered his body and partnered with it to build things and to love people and to enjoy being human. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. I don't know how you feel about your body. Maybe your body feels young and strong. Maybe you are thankful for the benefits it has afforded you. Maybe you are scared about what will happen as it ages. Perhaps you feel your body has been a liability, exposing you to the unwanted attention of bullies or perverts. Maybe your body doesn't work quite as it should. 
Maybe you have an uneasy truce with your body. Maybe you've worked hard on your body and you're proud of your upgrades. Sit for a moment and let your body feel itself. Take a deep breath. Release it. How does the air sit in your lungs? Do they expand easily and confidently? Does your chest puff out? Do you take up space with ease? Or is the air constricted, held within a ribcage that does not want to take up any more space in this world than absolutely necessary? Feel the emotions held in your body, if you can. Is your body happy? At peace? Does your body appreciate the way you drive it? Or does it resent you? Do you feel tension or tightness anywhere? We'll be practicing feeling our bodies a lot, but for now, I just want you to consider the baseline of how your body shows up in this world. Whatever your relationship to your body is, your body is more precious to God than you can possibly imagine. The creator of the entire universe, who called each new thing good, didn't call anything very good until it was finished, which includes your human body. And having made human bodies for us, God saw fit to inhabit one too. The divine source, the progenitor of existence. I am, the one that is being itself, took on a human body that eats and drinks and pees and poops just like you and me. Close your eyes for a moment and imagine Mary, the mother of Jesus, feeling life moving inside her womb. She places her hands on the sides of her belly and feels the gentle fluttering within. Enclosed within her flesh, kept warm and safe in the darkness, a tiny human being is growing. Picture his little mouth opening and drawing amniotic fluid into his fetal lungs, stretching their capacity, testing their capabilities, exercising their muscles. See his wee chest expand ever so slightly. Feel his heartbeat, rapid but steady. Each day he grows larger and stronger. Once you were an unborn child, just like Jesus. Your body grew inside your mother's womb, where hopefully it was safe. Whether born via C-section or the old-fashioned way, your infant body came out into the world and began taking up space among us all. You grew taller and stronger. Your body began to decide things about the world. Maybe it decided that the world was good and safe. Maybe it decided it was dangerous and painful. Whatever your body's experience of life has been, loving yourself the way God loves you requires you to embrace the space that you take up. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29. A long time ago, God became a human being just like you. Your journey to loving yourself and believing that you are enough starts with learning to see and love your body the same way God sees and loves it. Meditation. Sit or stand comfortably in a neutral position. Close your eyes and take a deep breath in through your nose, hold it for a moment, and then breathe out slowly through your nose or mouth, whichever is more comfortable.
Take another deep, steady breath in through your nose. Hold it and release it. Continue breathing this way for 30 seconds and start to feel the way the air travels into your nose, down the back of your throat, into your lungs and your belly. Feel the way your body and mind relax as you breathe. Feel your lungs expand with each breath. Give your lungs, your chest, and your belly permission to expand and take up more space. With your hands below your tummy, interlace your fingers, and as you breathe in, trace the outline of an imaginary beach ball in front of your belly until your hands are palms down around chest level. As you breathe out, push your palms down towards the ground until your arms are fully extended downward. With your fingers still interlaced, Breathe in as you swing your arms forward and upward all the way over your head until your palms are facing the sky. Split your arms apart and breathe out as you bring them down on each side of you, fully extended, tracing a large circle all the way around you. Repeat the beach ball exercise as you breathe in. Push your hands down once more as you breathe out. Swing your arms up as you breathe in again. Trace the space around you as you bring your arms down and breathe out. Repeat this three or four times. Breathe in and take up space. Breathe out and release the space back to the world. This is your space. Your body is your own private, personal piece of existence that no one is allowed to interfere with. As you breathe, consider that this is you and that you are safe and you are entitled to take up all the space that your body needs. Place your hand on your heart. Take a breath and feel your chest rise with it. This is you. You are an exquisite, unique, wonderful creation. You are beloved by God. Your body is a gift. God has one too. You and your body belong here. This is your space. You are allowed to be here and take up this space. Stay in this quiet moment, breathing in and feeling your body for as long as you feel comfortable. If you enjoy dance or yoga or tai chi or other physical embodiment exercises, feel free to tune into your body in that way as well. We'll talk more tomorrow. Day 3. Your temple. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. A man named Moses was leading sheep through the desert, looking for a fresh patch of grass. 
As they walked along a dusty, hoof-worn track, Moses spotted something in the distance. A bush, a large shrub, further down the path, was on fire. The bush appeared to be totally engulfed in flames, which in the desert was common enough, but the flames were not dissipating, and the bush did not seem to be consumed. As he approached, he heard a voice instructing him to remove his sandals from his feet, for the ground which he walked upon was holy. Some forty years earlier, Moses had been a prince of Egypt, an important man in the mightiest nation in the region. Unfortunately, he had thrown it all away in a fit of rage. His inner demons exposed, his hidden shame brought to light. Born a Hebrew but raised in Pharaoh's palace, he had witnessed an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave, and he had murdered the man for it. Fleeing, he found solace in the desert. His fancy robes tattered, his rich and privileged life a ruin, he walked his father-in-law's sheep to pasture every day for forty years. I imagine you may have entered your own desert at some point. I've been there a few times myself. Out in the wilderness we are stripped of all that we would bring with us, our success, our reputation, our skills. All we have left is our bodies, our thoughts, and our memories. We don't feel like much, but in the wilderness, God meets us and sustains us. A few years ago, a friend gave me a copy of Dark Night of the Soul by St. John of the Cross, a 16th century Catholic priest and mystic. That ancient poem and its exposition became a light to my path in a very dark season. St. John of the Cross observed that if fire comes upon a piece of wood, the desire of the fire is to turn the wood into more fire, to make the wood one with itself. As the flame draws near, the wood is heated, and the imperfections of the wood begin to show. The flaws in the carbon are made visible. It becomes a thing of ugliness. As the fire remains upon the wood, the temperature increases to a point truly unbearable, and the wood would do anything to escape the torture. Right at the moment when it knows it can bear the heat no longer, the wood combusts into flame and becomes one with the fire. When God created existence out of nothing, God's desire was for new and varied forms of life to fill it, forms like you and I. God further desired that we would live in fellowship with one another and with our Creator, experiencing the same oneness that exists between the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. Like the fire and the wood, God's desire for you and I is that we would become one with God totally enmeshed in joyous, divine, loving union. In the past, people thought that God only dwelled in temples, special, distinctive, holy places that were pure and clean enough for the divine presence to visit. That's how many of us were trained to read the story of Moses, that at the right moment in history, God saw fit to come down out of heaven, land upon some bush to cover it with flame, and make the space holy in order to meet with Moses there. But there is another interpretation of the story, one that says God is in all things and holds all things together, one that says the bush had always been burning, that the ground had always been holy, that God had always been there, that perhaps it was only Moses' eyes that were opened to see reality for the first time. Hidden within the pages of scripture lies this simple truth. God himself is pleased to dwell in you. You alone, and also all of us collectively. Your body is the temple where God will meet you. That gorgeous, smelly mess of skin and bones and hair 
is your tent of meeting with the divine. Your body, given to you by God, called beautiful and perfect, is uniquely suited for holiness every moment of every day. God isn't that fussed about carved stones and stained glass windows. God likes your curves, your stains, and the windows into your soul. You are the good craftsmanship of a kind and loving God. One who paid great attention to detail when making you. One who cherishes everything about you. One who wants nothing more than to visit with you and make a home in you. One who invites you to eat and drink of divine life, drawing it into every part of your being. In your skin and bones, in your mind, your heart and your soul. You do not need to travel any great distance or complete any grueling pilgrimage to find God. God is already there, imprinted in your DNA, longing to encounter you in your own private temple. A temple which God gave you in the first place, and called very good. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. In today's meditation, I will ask you to put your hand on your heart. This is partly symbolic. We are seeking to get in touch with our own emotional hearts and inner psychological reality, and so putting your hand on your heart is a helpful physical representation of the hidden journey we will take. It also has a physiological component. Research has found that by placing your hand upon your heart, you can assist your body in synchronizing with your heartbeat, bringing better balance or homeostasis to your entire body. Synchronization between your body, mind, soul, and spirit is an aspect of loving yourself, and I've found that putting my hand on my heart does actually help me. It also acts as a touchstone for you to return to. As you encounter God in your own temple and begin to feel everything God has for you, placing your hand on your heart at other times of the day and breathing calmly can help you return more quickly to this place. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23, verses 1 to 2 and verse 6. Meditation. Sit or stand comfortably with your feet in a neutral position and close your eyes. Continue breathing steadily for 30 seconds and feel the way your mind and body relax in time with your breathing. Feel your body expand with each breath in and then release space back to the world. If the beach ball exercise from day two was helpful, use that to help yourself embody your space today. This is your space. You are safe here. God is here too. As you breathe, consider that you are the dream of God, and when you had no form, you were already enough. As you breathe, consider that God inhabited a human body just like yours, and it was enough for God. As you breathe, consider that your body, your mind, your soul, 
all of who you are is a temple, a sacred, holy space where God is pleased to dwell. As you breathe, consider that you already dwell in the house of the Lord. Place your hand on your heart. Feel your body rise and fall with your breathing. God is here. In the midst of the confusion, the pain, the joy, the sorrow, God is here. This is your private, personal, sacred, holy ground where you and God dwell together. If it helps you, imagine the shimmering light of being itself vibrating within your cells. Feel the peace that God's presence brings. You are allowed to spend as much time here as you like. Stay in this holy space long enough until you feel you might be able to return to it later. As you go about your day-to-day, Try to take one or two opportunities to mentally return to this space and this awareness of God's peaceful presence. Thank you.